I believe five of the eight coaches who were fired had quarterbacks that ranked 20th or worst in total QBR ranking. So there's a correlations all over the place, both positive and negative, that says how well your quarterback plays dictates an enormous amount about your team's potential and success. That's Barry Berluga, NFL reporter and writer for the Washington Post. We're down to eight teams in the NFL, divisional round weekend, and Barry argues that it's not necessarily defenses that win championships or games that are won in the trenches. It does come down to the most important position in sport, the quarterback. Of the eight remaining quarterbacks, none list outside the top 13 in the QBR rankings. So what does that mean? Are we down to the Elite Eight? Barry and I discuss... And we look ahead to Divisional Round Weekend. I'm Anthony Watson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hey, Barry, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Tell you what, Divisional Round, probably the best weekend of the NFL season. I mean, bar the Super Bowl, do you think? I think so. I mean, just because the quantity of games, you've got four games, um, you've eliminated some of the pretenders from the Wild Card Weekend. Um, there's nobody that didn't expect to be here. And just the high-level star quality you have um, almost across the board without exception um, makes it you know, just a, a, a feast, really. Yeah, look, I invited you on because I'd seen your article for the Washington Post. Great article, by the way. And you speak basically uh, that, okay, it's a 53-man roster and you know it's not all about one man on an NFL team. However, and we hear this time and again, that the quarterback position is the most important position in sport. And you highlight the ESPN QB rankings looking ahead to the final eight, the elite eight this weekend, not quite the elite eight in terms of numbers for the quarterbacks, but looking at it and your, your case in point is we've got playing this weekend in the quarterback position ranked. We got the first, second, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, 11th, and 13th. So in this tournament, we've got better than average QBs, right? I mean, I think not just better than average. I think almost without exception, and and you could look at San Francisco's Jimmy Garoppolo as as maybe this exception, but... That was my... I was going to allude to that, but yeah. Sorry, Barry, you go. Well, but I mean, you know, you've got eight teams remaining, and, and the quarterbacks on those teams are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and um, Matthew Stafford and and guys who have had the talent to go first overall in the draft, um, guys who have won MVPs, guys who have won Super Bowls and Super Bowl MVPs. Um, Again, maybe Garoppolo's the outlier, but I'll take seven out of eight of them, or six out of eight if you take Tennessee's Ryan Tannehill out of the equation, as as the best the sport has to offer. And I mean, here in the States, we spend so much time every fall, you know, kind of picking apart, oh, what defense is this team playing and who's the best pass rusher and um, what receiver can change a game. Um, I think to a certain extent, all of that is just noise. It, it comes down so much to what level is your quarterback playing at? And and that not only if it's at an elite level opens all sorts of possibilities, but if it's not at an elite level, it, it severely limit, limits the, the potential of your team. What's interesting as well, you highlight Jimmy Garoppolo and we know his flaws, but if you wanted to be pedantic about it, 
of all the playoff games that he's played in, he's only lost once whenever he's made the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, he's taken a team or gone to a Super Bowl, and we can argue whether he's responsible for that or whether he's along for the ride. Um, and Tannehill, you know, people can detract. Uh, you know, he failed in Miami, et cetera, et cetera. But he was the eighth pick in the draft at, at one point. Um, clearly has talent and, and took a little longer to, to bloom and did it with, you know, what normally is a great running game in, in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, who's been out most of the year. Um, but I just, I just feel like if you look at the flip side of the equation, teams that did not um, uh, make the playoffs and, in fact, fired their coaches, uh, five of those, I believe five of the eight um, coaches who were fired had quarterbacks that ranked 20th or worst in, in total QBR ranking. So there's a correlations all over the place, both positive and negative, um, that, that says how well your quarterback plays dictates an enormous amount about your team's potential and success. We've had uh, a potential, well, I, I pretty much say uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, due to announce his retirement in Ben Roethlisberger. Now we saw him kind of fall off the cliff in terms of uh, his uh, his quality on the field. But the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, who hasn't had a losing season, now has to go out and find a quarterback where does he where do you think he looks for where do you think he goes in his search well, for his quarterback yeah i mean and that's that's the thing and when when you when you haven't had to look for a quarterback in 15 years like the steelers haven't um then you, you know you not that you get complacent, but it's such a level of comfort. I mean, New England was in that position for obviously for all those two decades with with Tom Brady there. You're, you're allowed um, to focus on the rest of the roster, and that has an enormous benefit. You're, you're not uh, in this churn trying to find the next quarterback. And that's where Pittsburgh finds itself now. They've got two on their roster, Dwayne Haskins, who failed um, in Washington where he was a first-round pick, and Kyle Rudolph, who's played uh, when – when um, Roethlisberger has been out. Um, so that's the question for the Steelers. Is is the quarterback of the future already in the building, or do they have to find one in the draft through free agency or trade? Um, all of those are fraught, but I, I would put the Steelers um, – with everybody else and that, and the Steelers this year because Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger was kind of a shell of what he used to be you know they were limited because their quarterback um was not as good as he used to be they will be limited going forward if Haskins or Rudolph or somebody else is is not does not develop into um you know an upper echelon passer absolutely yeah and you know Jimmy G his stock is going to be going up with the performances that he's been put up in, in especially with his uh, current injuries plural now he could be somebody that maybe they they take a look at the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward in the offseason or do you reckon they they try and make one of those bold plays one of those big moves for the likes of Rodgers or Russell Wilson well I mean that's that will be the offseason chatter over here where where does the kind of quarterback carousel end up and I think it's very hard to predict as we go into the divisional round of playoffs what will happen um, going forward because we don't know what the end game of all these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, who's who's going to write uh, the ending. I mean, if Rodgers wins his second Super Bowl with Green Bay, is 
is that marriage really so sour that it's not going to work going forward? Maybe that would change things. Um, I, I would argue that Garoppolo's story in San Francisco is not quite over yet. What if they pull off an upset, beat the Packers, make another Super Bowl, and Trey Lance is, is wait? Do you, do you say that a guy who brought you to two Super Bowls is not good enough? Um, I'm not sure that you you could do that. So I think we're a little bit premature in trying to figure that all out. But I'll tell you, the day after the Super Bowl, that will be <laughs> the storyline. Where where are these guys going to end up and who's going to be kind of left out of the musical chairs? And you just know that Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to do a Marshawn Lynch. He's going to wait until the Super Bowl. You know, we'll be halfway through the first quarter, second quarter, before halftime. And then he's going to drop it on social media. Do you remember that with Marshawn Lynch? He, he dropped it, didn't he? He had, his, uh, he had the shoes, didn't he, hanging up or the cleats hanging up over the telephone line when he announced. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm not sure Ben has that penchant for drama, but but maybe maybe that'll be the case. Maybe that's how it'll (laughs) maybe yeah, absolutely yeah. And look, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jed York said in in an interview at the well in the off season last year before the preseason that uh, you know they they may keep Jimmy on for a second year. And like you said, if they win the Super Bowl, they go ahead and do that. Then how can you not? explore that i guess 26 million dollars or however much on the uh uh on the salary cap may sway especially with debo samuel having to um you know he'll be heading towards a new contract and you got nick bosa further down the line but that is to come we are using this opportunity barry to look ahead to the divisional round now you we're talking about qbs and the importance of qbs and uh you know we've got uh of the eight quarterbacks featuring in the divisional round, they all they're in the top thirteen quarterback rankings in the NFL. Now, people will argue that games are won in the trenches. Defenses win championships. So, what do you say to that? You know, let's look at Mike Vrabel and his Tennessee Titans, a team that is built on power and strength, and not necessarily Ryan Tannehill. But we got Derrick Henry back this weekend, a real solid team that got them to the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, what I say to that is that look year, yearly who um, who ends up in these uh, in, in the final four, and it's remarkable how frequently it's the teams with great quarterbacks. Um, you know, the the conference finalists a year ago were Mahomes, Josh Allen, Brady, and Rodgers. Mm. Year before that, Mahomes, Tannehill, and and the running game that you mentioned, Rodgers and Garoppolo. Year before that, it was Brady, Mahomes, Drew Brees, and and Jared Goff. And people can laugh about Jared Goff and all they want, but somebody thought he was worth the first overall pick in the draft. So um, it, it's don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to dismiss uh, the importance of offensive line play, the importance of having a great pass rush, the importance of having a shutdown cornerback. Um, but it's I think it's just inarguable that trumping all of those is. Uh, um, the idea that if you have uh, a, a you know top five, top eight, whatever um, quarterback in the league, you just you open up so many more possibilities. Um, you know, for say for years, JJ Watt was the best defensive player in, in the game. How many Super Bowls did Houston go to? Yeah. They, did, they didn't go to any. You know, it's just um, and and Brady went to a bazillion because he's that good. So um, it's it's a great discussion, um, but I can't. I can't stop my mind from going back to, um, you know, when people are getting into the the weeds about 
other positions and other strategies and all sorts of stuff. I'm, my mind is just saying, yeah, but like, look at who's who's the quarterback and how they're playing. And look at Dak Prescott last week. You know, if he'd have slid five yards sooner, we may be having a different discussion. We may not be having Jimmy Garoppolo in this this discussion, but uh, Dak Prescott. So it's yeah, it's 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 in the moment, isn't it? And it's the guys who can maintain that pressure keep calm under pressure and and go clutch become clutch you know jimmy garoppolo for all his flaws he's clutch and he could be uh, jimmy c jimmy clutch when it comes down the stretch he might put his team in a position where they have to fight to come back but he's got it he's got that cool head that's you know these quarterbacks that we've mentioned on this list here all seem to have well and i would i would point to the afc side of the ledger too and and just say that um, I think in in Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, um, we're starting to see the next generation. I mean, I think Mahomes has already established himself as the leader of that next generation. He's already run a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and MVP for a season. Um, but if you watch what Allen did against New England last week, both with his arms, arm and his legs, uh, and then you watch Burrow for the whole, essentially for the whole season, um, you really get the feeling that he's going to be there a long time. He's going to be slinging touchdown passes for a long time. And the Bengals are not going to be kind of the joke that they've been for a quarter of a century because they have the first overall pick of the, of the 2020 draft. Um you know, one of the best quarterbacks of the next generation in, in Joe Burrow. So um, it, those teams are, I think you can say, even before this weekend, are likely Super Bowl contenders for years to come. And you can say that because Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are, are at the steering wheel. Now, let's talk about the, the parity in the league, because you know, people were saying that it, it seems to be uh, you know the, the most wide open that has been for many a year, especially on the AFC side. Up until last week, the past four seasons in the wildcard round, the underdogs were 15-3. and three. Though last weekend, the favorites were 5-1. and one. So when it comes to crunch time in this modern-day NFL, it looks like, you know, your big dogs, they're the big dogs. They're not to be messed with, and all is fine. What's this talk of parity? Do you believe that there is parity in the league, or do you think that there is something that separates maybe this eight. I mean, you could argue Dallas, but we saw what Dallas did or didn't do last week. But outside of this eight, do you think there are contenders there? I would say I, I would put Dallas there despite the coaching. Um, I, I just don't think Mike McCarthy is a great head coach. Um, and I think New England is probably, uh, you know, on the come up, even though they got destroyed by, by um, Buffalo last week. Because Mac Jones is only going to get better. Um, they seem like they probably have their long-term solution as, as Brady's replacement, and Belichick can still um, coach him up on, on defense. Um, but, I mean, would it be surprising if these final eight, um, because of who they have at quarterback and because of the rosters around them, um, kind of ran it back and, and were a similar final eight? It won't be exactly the same, but but could six of these eight or seven of these eight be back again next year? For sure. I mean, there, there's uh, the only um, question for stability at quarterback would be in San Francisco. And as we've discussed, that's not, you know, that story's not 
done being written yet. And then maybe there's an issue in Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in theory can't play forever. So there's going to be a final season um, there at some point, but it certainly doesn't feel like this was the last season. <laughs> no way. Um, and then, and I, I guess, I, I guess Rogers' situation in green Bay is, is a little murky. Um, so we haven't figured that out yet, but the, but the point is um, as I just finished saying about, you know, the chiefs and the bills and the, and the Bengals, um, you look at those teams and you feel like, well, those quarterbacks play at that level and they're going to be a factor for years to come mm-hmm. because they have that most posi- most important position solved. You mentioned Tom Brady there, 44 years old. I remember last year doing features, looking ahead and all around the Super Bowl, you know, how calm and relaxed he was, talking on various radio stations, etc., about the poise of Tom Brady. And he's in his element in the Super Bowl, 43 years old. Isn't this amazing? And then lo and behold, he throws for the most yards in his career this season at the age of 44. He's into the divisional round. <laughs> what what separates this guy from the rest of us mere mortals it's it's phenomenal well it is something to do with how he cares for his body and and you could you know you can think it's some sort of um craziness with the, you know his diet and routine and all that kind of stuff but i also think it demonstrates you know when when quarterbacks are being evaluated out of college it's like well what's his arm strength can he make all the throws etc cetera, etc cetera. i i think brady's continued success into what's now his mid-40s um shows that understanding the position understanding defenses and making the right choices is more important than having phenomenal arm strength i mean tom brady was the 199th pick in the draft he went in the sixth round he he went there because physically there's nothing extraordinary about um his talent what he did was develop what he had learn the game better than any quarterback i mean peyton manning would be the same way just in the way that he kind of you know orchestrated and and controlled the whole operation um understanding what the defense was trying to do and then countering that um that's at, at in his mid forties. That's as important um, to Brady's success as as any sort of ability to make you know a, to throw a thirty yard out, which he can still do, by the way. <laughs> he sure does, yeah. And he's got that massive chip on his shoulder as well. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> that's a big motivational thing. So Barry's Verluga, divisional round weekend. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Which quarterbacks do you think compete? on Championship Sunday. So not Super Bowl Sunday, but next weekend. Who's going for the AFC? Which two are going for the AFC? Which two are going for the NFC? So uh, I'm going to go, I think, with the two underdogs in the AFC. I'll take the Bengals over the Titans, and and that's massive disrespect to to Tennessee, um, uh, I realize. I mean, they earned the bye. They earned the top seed in the conference. Um, but I, I do, I just, I really love Burrow, Jamar Chase. That combination is, is deadly. Um, so that's a bit of an outlier. And, and I think I'm going to go, uh, this is a rematch of last year's AFC championship game uh, between Kansas city and, and Buffalo. I'll take Josh Allen and, and the bills there. And these are not, I'm not wildly confident in e- either of those picks. It's just kind of a gut thing. And then I'll, I'll go the opposite way and take the favorites in the NFC. Green Bay at home on a Saturday night against San Francisco. Um, I think Rodgers advances uh, to another NFC title game, and I'll, I'll take um, Brady over Matthew Stafford and, and the Rams um, 
in the in the other NFC game. Yeah, good luck to the guys out there in Green Bay on a Saturday night where it's supposed to be down to zero Fahrenheit. So for us, uh, measuring in Celsius over here, I mean, just Google it. Put zero Fahrenheit and compare it to <laughs> Celsius and you'll find out. Uh, look, you mentioned uh, Joe Burr there. In his last three starts, which were against uh, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Vegas, Vegas obviously in the wild card round, his leading receiver, Jamar Chase, had 27 catches on 34 targets for 517 yards, an average of 19.1 yards per catch. I mean, the combination between those guys. I spoke to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was a college teammate of those guys uh, around draft time, and he, I mean, he had, as you would expect, had nothing but high praise for Jamar Chase. They clearly have a chemistry there, and that's a that's a. I mean, as much as it's about the quarterback, Chase um, definitely stretches the field. He has the ability to make tacklers miss his speed and length are, are extraordinary um and you know i mean they have burrow has other weapons in in t higgins um as well so i i find that passing game i think they're just at the tip of the iceberg of, of what they're going to do over the years um uh in cincinnati so um a lot of potential there. Um, some of it's being, you know, maybe they'll lose to the Titans, um, but I, I just, I just feel like they're going to be a factor in, in future playoffs to come. Buckle in because it's going to be a heck of a ride with those two. Absolutely right. Well, Barry, before you go, where can people check out your work on social media? Uh, I'm at uh, at Barry Sverluga, B A R R Y S V R L U G A on Twitter, uh, and then please uh, check out WashingtonPost.com. You top man, thank you very much, and look, enjoy Division Around Weekend. <laughs> Will do. You too. Thanks very much. And there goes Barry's Verluga. Great to have him on. Some great writers there at the Washington Post. So you know, make sure you give the Washington Post a follow on Twitter and check out Barry and uh, his colleagues there as well because he brings some excellent insights just like that. You can check out his article on the quarterbacks that are left in the divisional round. Coming up soon, I've spoken to the Pittsburgh Steeler, the former center for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans, Justin Hartwig, on the uh, retirement or potential retirement or imminent retirement. Let's say that imminent retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. Justin Hartwig, you may remember, actually conceded that safety for the Steelers against the Cardinals way back when in the Super Bowl. Looks like he lost it with that safety, but then Ben Roethlisberger on the uh, next possession led the team down the field and scored a touchdown. We will relive that moment and discuss all things Ben Roethlisberger and what makes him so special and why he's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. So that is to come here on the Transatlantic Sports Show. So make sure you give us a follow on Twitter. We are at T-A-S-S underscore UK. We'll get more involved in Instagram for you as well because, I mean, that's where it's at, isn't it? TikTok? You want us on TikTok? YouTube. Hey, reach out to us. Let us know how you consume your NFL. And then, you know, we're here to provide. We're here to give you a service. So if this podcast isn't enough, you want some YouTube shorts, some TikTok features, if it's videos that you want, because we get out there and we speak to these players and, and all that, then let us know because we can bring you more if more is what you want. I am on Twitter at A-R-Wotton, W-O-O-T-T-O-N. You probably don't want to follow me on Instagram. I don't, my personal Instagram page doesn't include pictures 
or videos of NFL. It's all more nature kind of photographs. So if nature's your thing, you can look me up, Anthony Woodson, W-O-O-T-T-O-N. Right, that's about it. So check us out for the Justin Hartwig interview, former Pittsburgh Steeler, Super Bowl winner. Talking Ben Roethlisberger, Tennessee Titans, and more. That's to come on the Transatlantic Sports Show. So until next time, remember, the quarterback is the number one position in sport. (laughs) 